All right. Well, welcome back to 2K Away. I'm Paige. This is my sister, Peyton. We are 2,000 miles away from each other, and we do true crime, weird things, macabre, all that fun stuff. So we are going to do a me week, me page. Yes, yes. And um, I am actually going to go ahead and do what I said I was going to do last week. I am going to be covering Lisa Montgomery this week. Yes. Who was um, just executed. Spoiler alert. <laughs> executed? Last... She was executed. <laughs> Paige isn't um, used to doing intros. <laughs> We never thought about it before, but I guess I could try it. <laughs> so uh, she was just executed on the 13th. So in, um, I don't want to say honor of her, no. but because of that, because of new developments in her case, AKA she's no longer with us. Yes. I decided to go ahead and do this case because I remember when it happened I was like 13, but I do remember this happening, but I just kind of since then have forgotten about it. So, yeah, because that happened when we were really young. So, of course, we don't really remember it all that well, but yeah, it was it was crazy when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also very close to us as well. So that was another thing that was like pretty scary. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Growing up in um, mid-state Illinois, when we Missouri is only an hour from us, um, yeah. yes, <laughs> it was a little bit freaky. So I actually read the book. It's called Baby Be Mine, The Shocking True Story of a Woman Who Murdered a Pregnant Mother to Steal Her Child by Diane Fanning. This book is fascinating highly recommend you get this and read through it because it not only talks about what happened but it also talks about other similar cases to this which baffled me i didn't realize this is kind of a i don't want to say common thing but common enough to where they have a whole psychology behind it so and i I will talk about that um kind of towards the end yeah because when you when you told me that i was like are you fucking kidding me that is so sad that that yeah. is its own kind of category. Yeah. And we'll yeah. explain what, sh- what we're talking about. Yep. So um, unless you have anything to talk about, I'm going to get right into it. No, except that there is the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix. Yes. And it looks so fucking good. And I'm going to watch it. But I'm in the process of watching the Ripper docuseries. So because <laughs> yeah, that's I what, guys, next week. Peter Sutcliffe. <laughs> like I said, I was going to. Mary Piercy was much more pressing, but Sutcliffe is no- next week. All right. Okay. So for those of you who have never heard of Lisa Montgomery um, and what happened, I'm going to start off talking about Bobby Joe Stinnett. So on December 4th, 1981, Bobby Joe was born. She was born with a cleft palate actually uh but it was surgically fixed when she was around two years old so her mother becky and her father who was unnamed couldn't find him anywhere Hmm. uh, they got divorced in 1985 so she was only four years old but her mom got married again when bobby joe was uh 13 
and then her mom and her new stepfather had a little boy so she she did have one brother so they lived in skidmore missouri which is a town of about 200 or less people (laughs) so kind of like the town we grew up in yep (laughs) so uh literally everybody knew everybody and the county that the town was in was not away county and just to tell you how small this county was their whole county population was less than twenty three thousand people <laughs> so yeah. our county population is about thirty thousand people so it, very small community yeah mm-hmm. so, so we get it true we small it. town usa yep and um to put this on the map a little bit it's right on the border of iowa it's very at the very top of uh, missouri towards like the left hand side it's only one county away from not being in missouri so way up there yeah so throughout school bobby joe she was always a little quiet but she was well liked she was also known to be very helpful and by the time she was in high school she was on the honor roll she was in 4-H. She was a cheerleader. She worked on the high school newspaper and the yearbook, and she barrel raced. She loved barrel racing. Oh, that's so She was cool. actually pretty good at it from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So she was a very big animal lover, any, like literally any animal, great, big or small. She loved them all. I get and it. loved riding, riding her horses. So high school is when actually she started dating zeb stinnett zeb stinnett okay yeah i want to make sure i said it right <laughs> so it was zebediah but it, he went by zeb um they were completely inseparable totally head over heels for each other and then she graduated in 2000 on april 26 2003 she married her high school sweetheart her and zeb because i know i didn't actually get bobby joe's maiden name i don't know if she went by her mother's maiden name or her father's name i'm not sure i just have only seen her as bobby joe stinnett okay so they were so happy and they were saving up to buy a house of their own because they were just renting at the moment stop stop my heart i I know i know so bobby joe had a couple of part-time jobs um just to start out and zeb actually worked at the kawasaki manufacturing plant near them so bobby joe who was still very much an animal lover she actually got into the rat terrier breeding business and she made it her business to know literally everything she possibly could about the breed and she even got into the specifics of what colors to breed to get a certain other color oh wow and so she was, oh yeah she went like like head first into that yeah she did yeah because awesome. she had started out with one and she kind of thought oh this would be really cool to breed this i don't remember if it was the male or the female that she had first but then she got another one and had a breed of puppies and it had just kind of kicked off from there so she eventually quit her two part-time jobs and then she joined Zeb at the Kawasaki plant and as well as running her rat terrier breeding business. Mm-hmm. So she called it Happy Haven Farms, which Aww. is precious. That is precious. I know. Um, so she was even showing some of her dogs as well. And she was doing a pretty good job of it. 
um, getting very well respected in the breeding community. Oh, wow. So what she was also part of is this, I guess, chat board back before all the social media became a thing. Yeah. She was in these rat terrier breeder chat boards and it was this whole huge big community across the U.S. that they they were all part of and they would communicate regularly. They would talk back and forth about um, different tactics and about everybody's dogs or hey I'd like to breed mine with yours like that type of thing yeah like an like a real actual community of dog breeders and everything oh yeah oh yeah awesome so Zeb wasn't much it's not that he wasn't into it but he supported her wholeheartedly and he loved that she loved doing this and she loved her dogs oh and they even um one of their bedrooms they fully made into basically their dog kennel and that was their dog room. So she was so passionate about it. So then Bobby Joe found out she was pregnant in April of 2004, pretty early in April. They were absolutely ecstatic about this. She was due January 19th, 2005. So They started making the baby's room. They picked out a boy name. They picked out a girl name. So if it was a boy, it was going to be Zebediah Jr. And then if it was girl, it was going to be Victoria Joe. So she could not wait to share with her rat terrier community about being pregnant. And she, I think, posted a couple pictures or something. But it was, I mean, it was still very early on in her pregnancy. So like, but she could not wait to tell everybody. And everybody was super happy for her and very supportive. So the same month, uh, she attended a dog show with one of her show dogs. So it was there that she uh, met another rat terrier breeder who was in full maternity clothes. And she said she was pregnant with twins. So she said she was due mid-December. I think it was like... December 15th is what she was saying. Her name was Lisa Montgomery. Bobby Joe thought she was very nice. They chatted about their pregnancies. They had a good time. And I mean, she thought, hey, yeah, I'll stay in contact with her. Um, but other people in the Rat Terry community felt very uneasy about uh, with Lisa. And they tried not to have long conversations with her but bobby joe being the sweet girl that she was she kept in contact with lisa and they'd talk about their dogs they'd talk about their pregnancies their lives the whole nine so bobby joe even defended lisa and wanted everyone to give her a second chance when people were all up in her uproar with lisa saying that she's lying and um oh that breaks my heart i know they wanted to kick her out of the group but bobby joe was like no no it's a misunderstanding just give her another chance and they since she was so well respected in the rat terrier community they agreed and did not kick lisa out (sighs) i know (laughs) in november bobby joe's friends threw her a baby shower She got all kinds of good stuff. They had a great time and she found out she was having a little girl. 
got a ton of cute little pink things and whole nine. Oh. On December 15th, a, a woman named Darlene Fisher contacted Jason Dawson, who was another rat terrier breeder. So she was saying that she wanted to get a puppy for her kids for Christmas. She was saying she had four kids and they absolutely love dogs. And she really think that this would be a perfect addition to their family. So he thought it was super sweet of her and um, he wanted to help her, but he asked her where she was from. And she said, Fairfax, Missouri. Fairfax is just a hop, skip and a jump away from Skidmore. Mm -hmm. It's not very far at all. I think it's like the next county over or something like that. Oh, okay. So it was a little too far from Jason though. And since he knew Bobby Joe was close to her, he gave her her information, her contact information. So she emailed Bobby Joe and they exchanged emails for about 20 minutes. And then they arranged for Darlene to go to Bobby Joe's house the next day on the 16th to pick out a puppy. At this point in time, Bobby Joe was eight months pregnant. So a pinkish red-ish kind of a color uh, Toyota Corolla pulled up in front of Bobby Joe's house right around the time that Darlene was supposed to be meeting her. Mm -hmm. Bobby Joe led her into the house and took her to the bedroom where the dogs were. And they played with some of the dogs for a little bit. And then as they were walking out of the bedroom, Bobby Joe was in front of the woman. The woman pulled a rope out of her pocket and threw it around Bobby Joe's neck and pulled until she lost consciousness and fell to the floor. So once she was on the floor, she pulled a paring knife out of her pocket and made a very large incision incision in Bobby Joe's stomach as if she was trying to perform a C-section. This woke Bobby Joe up and she got up and put up a fucking fight yeah. like bad to the point where there was blood literally everywhere it was there was bloody footprints everywhere i mean it was even like between her toes it said oh wow yeah but you could tell that there was quite a struggle because i mean just foot footprints everywhere she was covered completely covered in blood and there was like I know this is really gross, but there's clots of blood that's that was like falling on the floor oh, from wow. her stomach. Yeah. Oh, okay. What was happening was the woman was still, she was trying to subdue Bobby Joe again. And Bobby Joe was doing everything she possibly could to fend this woman off. Yeah. So she even, I don't know if she actually was able to get a hold of the knife, but she managed to cut the woman a little bit on her hands. Mm hmm. And the woman managed to put the rope back around her neck. And it was at this point she reached behind her and was able to pull clumps of this woman's hair out. But she, the woman was adamant this time. She pulled until she actually stopped breathing. And it said that this is actually what killed her. Okay. So once she was back down on the floor, woman finished the job. She finished what she was there to do. She cut through the skin in her stomach. She cut through the um, muscle fiber all the way into 
the um, into her uterus and managed to get the baby out. She cut the cord, basically kind of just pinched it off, tied it off, and took off. Baby, knife, and all, and left Bobby Joe there on the floor. Wait, so if, if Bobby Joe had met Lisa already? Back in April, one time. Yeah, but then she should at least be familiar with what she looks like, don't you think? Well, there that's another thing that they don't really know if she thought maybe, hey, she looks familiar or wait, I know her because it was clear that they went fully into the house. There was no forced entry whatsoever. I don't know. Mm. Cause I mean, she only met the woman one time and it was back in April. This was December. You know, okay. you know, okay. so Bobby Joe was supposed to pick her mom up from work that day, actually uh, like around three 30 or something mm-hmm. or around three or something like that. So when she couldn't get a hold of her, Becky ended up going to her house around three 30. I'm not sure how she got there. If she was supposed to pick her up from work, but uh, Becky was the one that ended up finding her. So the, the worst thing though, was the feeling of dread when she came up to the house and saw that the door was ajar. This is the Midwest in December. We don't leave our doors open in the winter at all. So she goes in and she finds Bobby Joe on the floor. And she obviously saw the horror that was surrounding her. And this is her mother, correct? This is her mother. Oh, Mm -hmm. God. Yeah. So she calls 911 and her the actual quote that she used was she told the 911 operator that it looked like her stomach exploded. She didn't even realize the baby was missing at this point. So police and EMS got to the scene. I mean, there was just a ton of, a ton of people that, um, that ended up showing up on scene. The sheriff actually was one of them that was on scene. And obviously he knew the family too. Everybody knew that, that Bobby Joe was pregnant. So Becky made sure she told the EMTs that, Hey, she's eight, eight months pregnant. Make sure the baby's okay as well. But the EMTs told the sheriff who Ben Epstein is the sheriff. They were the ones to tell the sheriff that there was no baby. Yeah. Like there's no baby in there. No. So even though I, I think that, and it, and you said this in the book too, that the EMTs, they, they worked or, the whole way to the hospital she wasn't officially pronounced dead until she was at the hospital so i think it was more the fact of not that they didn't realize that she was already gone it was the fact that this young 23 ish year old woman who was supposed to be eight months pregnant and it kind of was one of those things where you're going to try at all costs to save her. Right. Of course. Until you get to the, to the hospital. Yeah. So um, once the death was officially ruled a homicide and they realized that the baby was missing, 
and was no longer there, uh, Sheriff Epsi, he immediately requested an Amber Alert. Yeah. And they started their investigation. But he was denied the Amber Alert at first. How can you deny an Amber Alert? There are certain criteria that you have to meet to get an Amber Alert. Okay. You have to have a description of the child. And he had no description of the child. Because it hadn't been born yet. Nobody but the woman who took her knew what the baby looked like. He didn't have a name and he didn't have a description. They denied him. Can you believe that? Please tell me that some good came from this case and that's been changed. We'll talk about it. Okay. So he didn't have a description, didn't have a name. And he's... he kept trying and he, he was getting denied. He, they would not issue an Amber Alert for her. So while, while they were working on that. That infuriates um, me. I know. I know. When I read that, I, I was just floored. Absolutely floored. I'm sorry to everyone in Missouri, but I want to set your, set your state on fire right now. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so angry. Oh. Just, just, just wait. So they're trying to think. Just wait, I'm going to get more angry. (laughs) Damn it. Just wait. (laughs) So, um, so they're trying to think of possible suspects because they're like, she doesn't have any enemies. There's nobody that's out for her. Right. Like this is a sweet girl that everybody loves. Who the hell would do this? Yeah. Right. So the first one that you think of, it's always the husband, right? Of course. Yeah. Poor guy. Zeb was at work. So, I mean, that was a clear alibi. He clearly was not the one that did it. Um, so they were like, well, we, we don't have any other possible ideas or easy ideas, at least right now. Yeah. Because, again, she doesn't have any enemies. She's not arguing with people. There's, I mean, there's nothing. So um, he enlisted Sheriff Epsi. He enlisted just a shit ton of help. At this point, the FBI hadn't gotten involved yet, but there was somebody, I don't think it was part of his staff. I don't think it was part of his deputies. Maybe it was part of the state, uh, mm-hmm. state police that had a computer guy, basically, for lack of a better word, mm. that, um, that he got to work on her computer that they found. So they were able to find the conversation between her and Darlene for the meetup that day so their first thing their first step that they were trying to do was find darlene fisher we have to find her right said it was she was she said she was from fairfax so they looked in every possible record that they possibly could to find a darlene fisher from fairfax and had zero luck and quickly found that darlene fisher does not exist so Another thing that I thought was pretty cool was I think it was they, the officers, maybe this, this person didn't have an Apple computer. They had just like a HP, I don't know, something other than an Apple. Gotcha. And I guess Bobby Joe had an Apple. So to try to. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So okay. to try to get them to communicate, to like, try to- They didn't have an apple. They had an orange. 
So they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> okay. So, so Darlene a- didn't have a Mac. <laughs> Oh, well, no, the, um, well, I don't know what she would have had, but Bobby Joe had, it wasn't a Mac. There we go. Okay. Bobby Joe had a Mac. The officer, the computer guy didn't have a Mac. So Uh, he was trying to get into her computer and, and you can't couldn't with his. So it was a whole thing. So they even, it was, it was either that or the other way around. I can't remember which, but whatever software that they needed or something this is this was in the the book um they the person that created it or something was from sweden so they literally contacted that person from sweden to help them with this case (laughs) so he said that he had helped he helped law enforcement before but from sweden so this was his first time working with the u.s police so I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I mean, go to the source. <laughs> that's exactly what they did. Right. That's, that's honestly, really though, smart, they, they did this in such a quick um, fashion because, I mean, she was found at 3.30, brought to the hospital and they're like, boom, they, they're, they're getting into it. So, well, good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, I, the, the people that were able to do this they're they are amazing this sheriff mm, this was fantastic yeah because it, it really just sucks with you do get this a lot with small towns is like sometimes a case of this kind of magnitude sometimes they mishandle a few things because you don't normally deal with this kind of thing in a smaller town and that i i'm not even trying to talk badly on small towns it's, we came from a small town mm-hmm. but sometimes that that happens so that's well, really there, awesome on that lo- sheriff a lot of time there's not enough resources that's the other bad well, thing that too that too so well, i mean i mean look at i live in los angeles the la lapd is, is oh, oh. <laughs> anyway continue <laughs> <laughs> so this whole time sheriff Pepsi is still trying to work on the amber alert so he kept going higher and higher and higher up the food chain to try to figure, find somebody who will push this through for him. And sure shit, he found somebody. Good. So it was a, oh, who was it? Some congressman, I think. Congressman Graves, I think is the name that he finally got a hold of. But it was like damn near midnight by the time he finally got to this person. So he, once he heard of the case, he was like, we're fucking pushing this through it. Thank you. Congressman. Maybe graves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you to that congressman. It is now live. So by 1230 AM, they got their Amber alert. That's way too late. My goodness. Way too late from 330 PM. I know it was poor. Let's just say four, four 30. Let's just say it took an hour. Still, that's eight hours before they were able to do an Amber Alert. The first 24 are crucial in a right. child abduction, in a, in a regular child abduction. This was a C-section abduction. <laughs> that is a whole new thing. Mm-hmm. So once, once they were able to get this push through, someone posted on the Rat Terrier board that they heard that Bobby Joe was, was dead. 
so a breeder it, it, she was murdered actually they they made sure to say oh my gosh she was murdered mm. so a breeder from north carolina the other side of the country she remembered a conversation between darlene and bobby joe so she called the missouri fbi and told them about it so she was the one god love this woman she was the one that gave them the information to get into this rat terrier board and that's how they were able to find the ip address for this darlene fisher that's awesome so this woman gave them the information for this rat terrier board it was literally called ratter chatter how funny is that is so precious so she gave them the information for this this woman um diane siktar s-i-k-t-a-r thank you diane yes good on you diane yeah you were part of saving this baby you are a saint (laughs) yes thank you diane and and good on you to actually get in contact with somebody and be like and not be that person that's like oh i'm sure somebody else will do this yeah get in there and make that phone call right that's such a big problem like if you if you see something if you hear something say something yeah that is so important so she gave them the information and they were able to find an ip address and in turn an actual physical address so this is where the fbi got involved because this address happened to be in melvern kansas mm-hmm. a town with a population of about mm, six ish hundred people so another small town but cross state lines so fbi got involved at this point in time right there were six fbi agents and kansas law enforcement arrived at the residence of kevin and lisa montgomery this was on the 17th i i think like mid-ish morning around around noonish kevin answered the door and he let the officers in because he didn't know what the hell was happening yeah when they went in, they saw that they were watching TV and they saw Lisa sitting on the couch holding a baby and the Amber Alert was literally going across the screen. <laughs> so I'm shaking my head. Sorry for those of you that are just listening. I'm just shaking my head in disbelief and, and being pissed off. Yeah, it, it is disbelief. It's like this. It's literally happening right here. She's there with the baby. So Kevin was completely confused as to what was going on. So they questioned Lisa about the baby. So her story was, oh, yeah, I just had the baby yesterday. <laughs> so the one of the officers was like, oh, can I hold the baby? Wait, what day, what day did the officer show up after she was the- abducted? the 17th bobby joe was killed on the 16th oh so the next day is literally the next day good yeah okay so one of the officers was like oh can i hold the baby while you talk to the other officer about this and she's like sure so he takes the baby and kind of in my mind i'm seeing him like slowly inch out of the room (laughs) like like that ned flanders meme from the simpsons where he goes into the bushes (laughs) <laughs> right right so that's that's what i'm picturing in my head 
because the more they talked to Lisa and pressed her like, mm, so where were you yesterday again? And she kind of changed her story a little bit more. And then she changed it a little bit more. Getting nervous. And then, and then as the officer's like almost out of the room, she confesses and tells them everything that she was the one that went. Wow. I didn't realize yep. it was that easy to get it out of her. It was pretty easy. Yeah. And it, the whole time Kevin's like, the fuck is happening because he had zero clue Poor guy. <laughs> yeah so it, the, the reason why i keep saying like i think he's like inching out of the room because as soon as she came out and said was like yeah he turned around promptly walked out of the house and directly took that baby to a hospital she Good. was getting all the medical attention that because she, she's a month premature bobby okay. joe wasn't due until january 19th yeah Not twins it was one baby that was a full month premature. So he took her there. They were getting, she was getting all the medical treatment that she needed and they were doing DNA testing on her as well. Yeah. Di- um, Lisa was promptly arrested for murder and kidnapping. So let's talk about Lisa. Lisa Marie Hedberg was born let's talk about her let's talk about lisa she was born in washington state on february 27th 1968 to mother judy and father john hedberg john was in the military he was in the army yeah army so they actually moved (laughs) for a split second i almost thought navy but i'm like no it was definitely the army i remember now uh because i got it written down here so they they did move around quite a bit, but he ended up getting stationed in Kansas. So her parents ended up having another kid, uh, but they did separate. For and for the most part, Lisa she was a decent student. She didn't like stick out or anything, but she was okay. Uh, she did learn a couple instruments, pretty much the basics. I wasn't interested enough to learn which ones. But I get it. uh, She actually really loved to read and and would read quite a bit. And if you can believe it, her favorite author was Stephen King. Pause for effect. Yeah. So her mom ended up moving them to Oklahoma after she left their father. And she ended up marrying a man named Jack Kleiner. He was a single father of five. So they were now and now had seven kids (laughs) no thanks and then on top of it they had three kids together no thank you that's way too many kids but hell i think one is too many (laughs) (laughs) well jack was um not a good man he was both physically and mentally abusing to everybody Ah. in the household uh, but by the time Lisa turned 11, he also started sexually abusing Lisa. Just Lisa or the other children as well? I didn't see anything about the other children, not saying that he didn't. Okay. But it continued with Lisa until her teens. Irregardless, so, he's a shitbag. Gotcha. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Not a good human. So... Her mother supposedly didn't know anything about this. I don't believe she it. She also was not a saint. I was saw in other reports that she also was abusive 
towards her children. Great. And yeah, yeah. Really great household to grow up in. Yeah. Literally the recipe for a killer. She actually, I also saw in another source that she actually would offer Lisa up to other men as for like payment or something. I don't know. Okay. I don't think she was a wonderful person either. Don't know. That was not in the book. What was in the book was she supposedly didn't know about um, Jack abusing Lisa like this. I don't believe that. But, but, but when Lisa was 15, she actually caught them. So she couldn't deny it any longer, even if she knew about it. So because of that, that literally makes me sick to my stomach. I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. You you should just read the book because it's, I, I don't want to say it's awful because the book is great, but this whole, this whole part was just absolutely yeah. awful. Yeah. So, um, she divorced Jack. Good. After basically after she caught them. Well, so a couple years later, 1986, um, Judy married Richard Bowman, one of his sons who was 25. His name was Carl. He started dating Lisa, who was 18 at this point in time. Mm-hmm, not that great. Ooh. So just out of high school, she found out she was pregnant. So naturally they got married, you know, that's, that's what you do. Her stepbrother <laughs> is who <Yeah>. she married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's not her brother don't care but, but it is her stepbrother too close too close i know i know so they got married in august so she graduated in may found out she was pregnant and then they got married in august <sighs> then she ended up having three more children in as many years so in 1987 she had her first child 88 number two 89 number three and 1990 number four oh so, so she didn't waste like, time she didn't waste it they didn't waste any time question yes what state is this in uh currently they are in oklahoma is yes. there not laws in oklahoma that keep you from marrying your step siblings i don't know maybe not at the time well step though i mean there's no blood related so there are laws <laughs> I don't know. Against that. I don't know. Don't know. That is so gross. So after she had her fourth child, Carl basically, I I guess you could say forced, but talked her into getting her tubes tied. So she went through the process, got her tubes tied. Carl was like, no more kids. But he supposedly, I saw in other reports that he was not a great person either. And he also abused Lisa and would rape her often as well. So oh, there's all of that. So she was, she was really not having a great time with any Well, because I mean, like when you grow up in that kind of environment, that kind of becomes conditioned to be, I know this is what life is. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... So Lisa did not have a good go at any of this. No. But early on, Judy would say that how, how much of a compulsive liar Lisa was like early on little kid. 
she um, realized how much she lied okay. about anything and everything. She'd lie about it. But Carl ended up divorcing Lisa in 93, just three years after the last kid was born. And he moved to Arkansas. Well, Lisa was, Lisa was desperate for her marriage to work out. So she packed the kids up and followed him to Arkansas. So once she was there and found him, she told him she was pregnant. Well, Carl's like, well, I know sometimes you can get pregnant after you get your tubes tied. Sometimes it doesn't work. There are cases of that happening. So, I mean, yeah, maybe she is. Well, um, they decided to work out their differences. Magically, that pregnancy kind of disappeared. Nobody talked about it again. Of course. You know. So, they ended up getting remarried in 94. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. They got remarried in 94. Okay. Um, but once they were married, all of a sudden she's pregnant again. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> she's pregnant. Uh, oh, okay. But this time she's pregnant with twins. Oh, yep. Great. So, but this time, and you know, she would even kind of show like her stomach would get hard kind of sometimes. So that's another reason why Carl was like, yeah, maybe it didn't work. Maybe she actually is. But when her twins due date came and went and there was no twins, Carl obviously realized she was lying. Uh-huh. So they were like, well, let's start new. They moved to New Mexico. Start a new life. Okay. So Lisa was not working at this point in time. I'm taking you for a wild ride. It's going to get wilder, let me tell you. Okay. So Lisa was not working at this point in time. In the book, it said how she actually started learning basically to live off the land in that they raised their own food. They grew their own food. Okay. And she even like sheared her sheep, made the wool into yarn and made clothes, dyed them, you know, the whole nine. I mean, oh, she was, yeah, okay. she was I, mad respect for that. Only yeah. that though. Um, and she got her kids into it too. So they, they would help and everything. I would say, yeah. well, that that's really awesome and resourceful because not everyone, I certainly couldn't fucking do that. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> kid me. no. yeah. Every plan that I have dies so <laughs> i can't even have a cactus in a desert where i live <laughs> it, yeah yeah so, so I, I respect that okay um i'm not sure that she actually started doing this in new mexico they when when she moved again i think that's when she started doing it but i think she started to get into that when they had moved to new mexico when she wasn't working okay but she wasn't a housekeeper because apparently their house like for her entire adult life she like couldn't keep a house even even when she wasn't working like like cleaning no yeah yeah it said that her house was always gross the friends of theirs would say that it's only clean when carl cleans the house which fine which fine it's fine the man cleans the house yeah that's more than fine however it's a joint effort you both live there yeah so you kind of need anyway that's uh -huh. the whole thing but but 
she, I mean, she just didn't care to do anything with her house. So there was even times like the kids would even go to the school with their clothes dirty. Like that's uncalled for. No, no, that's not good. If you, if you have the resources to wash clothes, then wash your clothes. Understand if you don't have your clothes, make sure your kids are going to school in clean clothes. Yeah. Cause it wasn't that they didn't have the resources. It wasn't that at all because collar work, clearly they didn't like go buy things all the time. So they had the resources to clean and wash their clothes, but she didn't. Mm. She chose not to. So he finally left Lisa for good in 1998. But I get it. He was not the one to file for divorce. She was actually the one to file for divorce because he took the kids to Oklahoma. Back to Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah. So he left her, took the kids. So I'm not really impressed with either of them. I'm not. No. So she was the one that filed for divorce and the court granted quote unquote joint custody. Mm -hmm. But Lisa was the one that got the actual physical custody of the children. Okay. And basically Carl just got visitation rights. So it wasn't like, so it's joint custody. Okay. It was mom got the custody. Dad got to see the kids on X amount of days. Okay. That's what it was as per usual. Yeah. So Lisa ended up moving back to Kansas and she moved in with her mom who was now remarried again oh my goodness. to another man. So Car- technically Carl was not her stepbrother anymore. <laughs> I through, oh. oh my God, through this whole time, I forgot. He was her stepbrother. Um, back to vomiting. But- okay. Judy was married a total of six times. So, um, Uh, uh, anyway, so she's back in Kansas and she's with her mother at the time. So in 1999, so this is just a year after uh, her and Carl got divorced. mm -hmm. Lisa met Kevin Montgomery, a recent ish divorcee with three kids of his own. So right after they started dating, Lisa pulled the pregnancy stunt again because Kevin didn't know she got her tubes tied. Oh, Kevin. Nobody in her new community knew that she got her tubes tied except her mom. So she told him, I'm pregnant. He goes, shit. He just got a into a very messy divorce and he was like, you know, I've got three kids. You've got some yourself. I'm not ready for this. Here's some money. Go get an abortion. Oh, so, okay. So obviously she didn't need the procedure. Right. So she just kept the cash. Nothing else was said about it. They continued to date. Oh. So she really wanted Kevin's sympathy though. She really wanted that proposal. So what she told him, she told him a pregnancy story from when she was a teenager. So she said that she got pregnant as a teenager, super happy. She carried the baby to full term. And after she delivered the baby, they took it away and they didn't give her the baby. They told her it was a stillborn, but that was just a trick, she said, because behind her back 
her mom gave the baby up for adoption. She had no idea. When she found out that her mom did that, she ended up tracking down the adoptive parents somehow and found out her oldest daughter was named Sarah. There's, so this is there's, the magical story that she told Kevin. There's no actual proof that any of that happened, but this is what she told Kevin. Mm. So um, something must have worked because they ended up getting married in 2000. Goodness. Her and Kevin. Kevin. <sighs> no, Kevin. So she would, she was very much, she loved the internet. Like that was one quote that I saw in a couple sources, including the book. She loved the internet. She loved to get on there and talk to people. She loved to get on these different boards, different chat rooms and things like that. Again, it's all before social media. This was when just all the chat rooms were a thing. Right. She would get on there and talk to people. She'd give people advice about chickens or pigs or wool, you know, all of the things that she did. Right. And then she'd talk about how when her and Kevin had kids, this is what they would do different with their kids. This is how they would raise their kids. I'd homeschool them and we'd do this. Oh, she was really into talking about their future family. Ah. Because at this point in time, her kids were almost all in high school. Uh, I think. Yeah. Pretty much almost high school age, junior high, high school. Oh. When when she got married. So um the thing is though, a lot of the people of Melvern had like lost count of how many times she was pregnant yeah. and and had miscarriages. I've already lost count. Yeah. So she even went as far as to say that one of her miscarriages, she donated the fetus to science so wow yeah so then in 2002 lisa started breeding rat terriers oh goodness so she was very active on those rat terrier boards you know Mm -hmm. as she was on every other thing so she got into contact with jason dawson the guy that i had mentioned before yeah so she he actually wanted to breed one of his dogs with hers and that's how they had met but pretty soon jason was like "Ooh, she gives me the creeps and felt very uncomfortable around her and tried to limit his contact with her completely and he said that she would tell unnecessary lies and so anytime she would try to strike a conversation with him he would try to find the politest way to, to be like, I gotta go. Um, I got an appointment on the moon. I, I'm sorry, it's pressing. Yeah. Gotta go, mm-hmm. you know. So um, he tried to just not associate with her at all. It's pretty amazing so, that he got he got like creeped out from her. Like he got that feeling right away. Yeah. Yeah. So he uh, pretty much the whole Rattari community kind of felt the same way about Lisa. And that's when everybody's like, she's lying because there was so a whole whole thing about she said she had a, a dog that she was going to give to one of the other breeders. And then 
she didn't have it, but she would send pictures of something, but she actually didn't have the dog and everybody was in an up, up in an uproar. And that's when they were like, we got to get her out of here. And Bobby Joe's like, no, I think it was just a misunderstanding. She's very sweet. She's super nice. She's a great, you know, breeder. I think we should give her another chance. That breaks my heart. I know. I know. Oh, Bobby Joe. Yep. So in March of 2004, so at this point, she's already been breeding the rat terriers for a couple years. So in March of 2004, uh, one of the women on the rat terrier boards said she was pregnant with twins. Well, by the end of March, Lisa's pregnant with twins. Can you believe it? Yeah. Yep. So, but unfortunately, and it's, it was one of those things where she shared it with her whole uh, rat terrier family and everybody's so excited. And then Lisa, or I'm sorry, um, Bobby Joe had announced her pregnancy in April. Everybody's giving them well wishes and everything. So it's this whole big family. But unfortunately, the woman that was actually pregnant with twins, she not, not too far into her pregnancy, she had a miscarriage. Oh. Well, then in October, Lisa lost one of her twins. Mm. So she just had one. She was now just pregnant with one. Okay. Yep. So then one of Lisa's, uh, well, actually, this is before the twin thing. So this was, I think, just the year before. One of Lisa's half brothers, you know, she's got a million brothers and sisters. Right. One of Lisa's half brothers, he had a baby with his girlfriend. So she went to them and said, Hey, give your baby to me. And they're like, No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so, a that's a ballsy move. Yeah, yeah. She, hey, give yeah, me your baby. You should just give me your baby. Well, here's the thing. They had a meth lab. So I'm not saying that (laughs) they keep the baby. However, people actually think that it was Lisa who tipped the cops off and they got busted (laughs) real bad. Oh, they both went to prison. So there is that. Where did their baby go? Well, instead of not to Lisa, I hope. Well, instead of Lisa getting the baby because she just expected, oh, they're going to go to prison. I get the baby. That's not how it works. So oh, God. baby went into foster care, but there's, there was custody hearings. So by the end of 2003, Lisa was back in her maternity clothes saying she was pregnant and literally telling anyone who would listen. But the baby that she was trying to get from her brother was put into foster care, a little boy. But Lisa acted like an expecting mother, like the whole while the whole nine yards, she was milking it up in the courtroom for a custody Yikes. hearing of this little boy. Yeah. So she was trying to get custody over her mom because Judy was also trying to get custody of the baby. So nothing was accomplished at that hearing. I'm not sure what was happening, but nothing got accomplished. They ended up continuing the hearing. But before the next hearing, well, Lisa had a miscarriage. So she was a mourning mother. So she was trying to really push the sympathy of the judge for the next hearing, whining around that she had a miscarriage. 
And meanwhile, all this is happening. So Keith is watching her get pregnant and miscarry like 30 times. Yep. Kevin, not Keith. I'm sorry. I'm bad with names <laughs> and there's just been so much so far. I, there has been. Yeah. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, there are women actually having miscarriages and mourning the loss of their children that they never got to meet. And here she is going around saying she's having miscarriages all the damn time. Yeah. So the judge didn't fall for her crap. Um, so he granted custody to Judy. So Judy got the baby. Yeah, but I don't love that either. No, mm -mm. no, it's, it's nothing. None of that's great. No, but I, I even, there was another thing in the book that I read that there was a whole big dispute thing between, um, Lisa, her mom and one of Lisa's sisters. Cause I guess, Oh, in, in her, bro one of her other brothers, because I guess after they were shipped to prison, I guess Lisa, her mom and her sister were over at their house. Like, I don't know, cleaning things or taking things. I don't remember exactly what happened, but her, one of her other brothers showed up and he, I don't know, was trying to do something with the, one of the vehicles and like had his pocket knife and he, he was under the hood of one of the vehicles and he had his pocket knife out for something. And they all came out of the house and he turned around, had the knife obviously in his hand because he was working on the vehicle and Lisa started like freaking out. He's got a knife. He's going to attack us. Oh my gosh. And he's like, the fuck are you talking about? He's, he's like, I'm, I'm not, but okay. And she starts freaking out. So then that gets her mom and her sister to freak out. So he's pissed and doesn't help things. So he's getting pissed and yelling and it's a whole big oh my God. thing. And I guess the sister went over to, I don't know, try to talk to her or something. He like pushed her. So everybody's like, Ooh, oh, and they no. went and barricaded themselves in the house. Cops were called. He's oh, yelling and screaming because he's pissed at him and he gets hauled away. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Whole thing. Wow. So they all try to file order protections against him and it's a whole thing. Oh, it's oh my God. So much drama in this freaking family. I'm telling you. Wow. So, and, and it, most of her siblings were into drugs as well. There oh. weren't many that wasn't, but like this dude was apparently legitimately just trying to work on the vehicle and they got him riled up and he's doesn't apparently work well under pressure and blew up and it was a whole thing. Well, so, I don't even know what I would have done in that situation. I know. Like I know. if you and our mom came out of the house and was like, oh, she's got a knife. I think I'd be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whole thing. Yeah. Wow. But to, to get the full story, you got to read the book. Oh it's, my God. Pretty fascinating. So after the whole custody thing where she didn't get the baby, she decided I'm going to buy one. Oh, so God. she found out that her ex-husband, ex-stepbrother, <laughs> Carl, 
<laughs> Carl and his new wife, I guess his wife was going to be inheriting some money. A loved one passed away of hers or something like that. And she heard that she was inheriting some money. So she went to them and was like, you need to give me $45,000. And they're like, um, please leave. Um, <laughs> n- no. <laughs> First of all, we don't have that. Right. Get the fuck out of second here, Lisa. Of all, second of all, if we did, we wouldn't give it to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. The, so, the audacity of this woman. <laughs> I know. My, like, I'm out of breath. I feel like I just ran and I clearly haven't. I know. I'm like, God. I mean, she, but she continued to harass these two for $45,000. Oh my God. Yeah. Why not 50000 Why? Why did we stop at forty five? dollars Anyway. So. I just hit my mic. <laughs> watch that. Yikes. So this in turn brings us back to. April of 2004. She's saying she's pregnant. She's got Again. twins. Again. So at this point in time, finally, her mom and her sister were like, dude, Kevin, she's not pregnant. She's lying to you. She had her tubes tied. <laughs> she can't have children. He's like, no, nope. Nope. You're lying oh, to Kevin. You're, you are lying to me. Oh, My Kevin. wife wouldn't lie to me like this. Oh, Kevin. Yep. What a, so, what a nice, trusting man. Lisa tried to get a restraining order against her mom and her sister. Oh, my God. Well, um, that got denied. Of course. <laughs> yep, because, I mean, there's no grounds to <laughs> grant it. They told so, my husband the truth, so they must pay. In turn, just wait. In turn, she tried to file a court order to stop her mom and her sister from telling people that she faked her pregnancies. What? That didn't get very far either, but she tried to literally have the court tell her mom and her sister to stop telling people that she faked her pregnancies. Oh, my. This woman wouldn't stop at anything again the audacity i'm telling you oh my look it's getting me all red it's getting (laughs) me my 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 neck is hot my face is hot oh my god (laughs) yeah so i feel i literally feel like i'm getting like what's whiplash but without the whip i feel like just just lash There's not even there's not even a relief of the whip. <laughs> nope. Just I feel like I'm getting lashed. I know. Just My lashed. goodness, just the lash. I know. So, um, yeah, she's a lot. But leading up to December, you know, because she's pregnant with twins, October. Oh, I lost one of my babies, so I just have one now. But I'm doing December. I'm doing oh. December. So leading up to December, Lisa was researching how to do a C-section. She was watching videos online of doctors performing C-sections to see how they do it. Uh Uh-huh. She bought a home birthing kit 
And she quit her job at Casey's. Hey, Casey's. (laughs) Hello, Midwest. (laughs) She quit her job at Casey's in November, just before Thanksgiving, because she told her job, told her job, told her boss that she needed to cut back on her workload since she was due in December. Oh my God. She couldn't work anymore. Oh my God. So Carl filed for custody of the kids right around Thanksgiving, beginning of December ish. Uh-huh. Yep. So he was citing basically that Lisa was crazy and kept faking pregnancies, which isn't wrong. Right. Okay. She did keep yeah. faking pregnancies. She did. Uh huh. So she would end up having to admit that she wasn't pregnant or she would have to produce a baby. <laughs> so, okay. Yep. And, and people kept telling her, they're like, you, you don't look like you're almost nine months pregnant. Uh huh. I mean, there's not, that's not a pregnant belly. That doesn't look like, and, and I mean, what, and what did her husband say? about this she said she said i have small babies no 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 yeah no but it was said that she like wouldn't let kevin go to any of her doctors quote-unquote doctor's appointments with her i'll talk about that yeah okay real quick just as an aside this is reminding me of the first season of glee when Mr. Shu's wife pretends that she's pregnant and sets up these like whole weird things like, to make it. Oh, it's not <laughs> worth it. But that's what it, that's this is what it's reminding me of. I was just listening to some of the songs. <laughs> that's all you need, honestly. Yeah, but it's. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just what it's reminding me of. Please continue. I'm so sorry. Yeah. my my head is full. <laughs> Yeah. Well, she finally made her plan to go get her baby from Bobby Joe. So if this, this will take you back. She printed off the directions from MapQuest. (laughs) (laughs) So she printed off those directions and she drove to Maryville, Missouri first to the Walmart there. I don't know what she got at Walmart there. But she stopped there first. This was on the December 16th. Mm-hmm. Because she was saying for a while that her due date was December 15th. And then all of a sudden she was like, oh, no, actually, my due date is December 16th. That's when my due date is. That's not something that you are, uh, as an expecting mother, that's not really something that you get wrong. <laughs> right. So. Like, hey, I'm getting uh, this life changing thing on this day. So she, she ended up creeping out another mother there because uh-huh. his mom had a little baby in a, um, in a, in one, in a cart. And she was like looking at something on the shelf and Lisa came up. She's like, Oh my gosh, your baby's so cute. Blah, blah, blah. The woman's like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. She's like, she's such a good baby. Blah, blah, blah. You know, being a nice stranger until she says, well, do you want me to hold her while you're looking at looking through those things absolutely not and the stranger. woman was like no and she's like she got 
away as quickly as she possibly could. Ned Flanders back into the bushes. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Yeah. That that was that was in the book. I thought that was like Oh, that's terrifying. Wow. So she once she left Walmart, she went straight to Bobby Joe's. And you know what happened there? Yep. Once she left with the baby, she went somewhere and cleaned herself and the baby up. And then she drove to Long John Silver's in Topeka, Kansas, and called her husband. This was at 5.15. So it was a couple hours from um, Skidmore. Good Lord, I couldn't think of the name. Couple couple hours from Skidmore. Mm-hmm. Um, this, she went to Topeka, Kansas. She's in the freaking parking lot of a Long John Silver's. Calls Kevin and was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I was Christmas shopping at the mall in Topeka, and I went into labor. So I went to the nearest hospital there, the birthing clinic, and I had the baby. And now I'm in a Long John Silver's parking lot waiting for you to come pick me up. That is what she told her husband. Oh, my head. So, (sighs) and two of her teenage children drive to this Long John Silver's, pick her up. One of her kids drives her car home, and Kevin drives her and the baby home. Well, if she's got a car, why did she need to be picked up? Well, my question would have been, Okay, if you drove from the hospital to a Long John Silver's parking lot, why aren't you driving the rest of the way home? That's that's why that's why I'm I'm question. Okay. Also, you supposedly just gave birth. Why are you out of the hospital? (laughs) Like if it was like an hour ago. (laughs) Oh, why are you at Long John Silver's? Also, she supposedly left she probably would have left home let's see she was supposed to meet bobby joe around 12 30 ish i think uh-huh. so it, it was a few hours to skidmore so let's say she left her house around 9 a.m uh-huh it's 5 15 and she's calling her husband i had a baby i was christmas shopping and went into labor and now i'm in long john silver's parking lot come pick me and the newborn baby up now i've never had a child yeah i can't really say much because i haven't either obviously however i don't feel like it's that quick (laughs) No. So she named the baby Abigail and they went home. Uh. They had a good night's sleep. They were all loving, loved baby. The next day they wake up and happy. We got a baby. We got to go show the baby off. So they go have breakfast at the little cafe in town. And again, it's another little small town. So everybody knows everybody. So everybody knows that she had been saying that she was pregnant. So when she comes in with a baby on her arm, everybody's like, oh, baby. Everybody's going up to look at the baby and asking her things. And she's like, it's the craziest thing. I went into labor while I was Christmas shopping. And, I, and, 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 
So the owner, I don't know if she was the owner or just another waitress there that knew her or what, but she's like, and you had her yesterday? And you're here? you're at a cafe the day, the next day in December, you have your newborn baby out here today? Mm -hmm. Question mark? (laughs) I mean. Valid questions. Yeah. Yeah. So, and while they're there, they happen to see Kevin's boss there. And Kevin's like, Kevin's boss is like dude, why didn't you tell me that your wife was going into labor yesterday? You could have left work. <laughs> and like, she's well, she like, didn't tell me either. Shrug. Goes, uh, right. She goes, oh, it just happened so fast. I wasn't able to call him. Too fast for a fucking phone call? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else at the hospital could have called him. <laughs> was, there, was there no one else at the hospital? <laughs> at the hospital? <laughs> I'm sorry i'm i'm traumatized from this (laughs) i'm telling you i'm telling you um so something didn't sit well obviously with kevin's boss he's like "Eh, that that that's not okay i I literally would have let you off with the birth of your daughter (laughs) yeah kevin kevin must have been blinded by love or just incredibly he's blinded by a a new baby and he's obviously a very, very trusting man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet, yeah. sweet, trusting man. So the next oh. stop was to go to their pastor's house. No. Wife's house to show off the new baby. <laughs> so the pastor was kind of feeling the same way about Kevin's boss, obviously. Yeah. So, but he's, he's like, why like, are you here? She's been saying she's pregnant, and and I mean now we have a baby, so I guess she had a baby. But okay, so because I even put it here, I'm like, but they didn't question too much because now Lisa actually had proof she was pregnant, right? For the first time, yeah. Huh. Um. So what's kind of awful is uh, someone who was at the diner uh, that knew. Lisa's mom she called Judy and was like hey congratulations on being a grandma again and she's like what and they're like yeah Lisa came in with a new baby and and her literal quote was yeah right she either stole it or bought it oh oh shit oh oh Judy (laughs) yeah when I, I when I read that I'm like oh shit judy throwing some shade there oh yeah yeah so kevin was take a drink of my water (laughs) kevin poor kevin though was completely blindsided like they even did polygraph tests on him they did they questioned him extensively yeah of course like dude are you sure you didn't help her with this you didn't you had zero idea he he was clueless about everything he oh genuinely believed that abigail was his daughter oh no he even swore he felt the baby kick sometimes like she'd be like oh you feel feel my belly feel it kick oh my gosh she's kicking yep oh, oh god yep. yep 
So he gave a statement to the media because, of course, obviously there was a media frenzy about this case. Absolutely. Like I said, I even remember this as a 13-year-old when this happened. I also remember this as a, what was I, 10? 11-ish. <laughs> yeah, you would have just turned 11 because it happened in December 2004. Yeah, there we go. I, yeah. Like I said, I remember this. Yeah. And so, I didn't pay I, attention to anything or anyone, so I remember this. So, so it goes huge to show media you. thing. Yeah. Huge, huge about this. Right. So um, one of, he actually gave a statement to the media before one of her court dates. So this is a direct quote from him. He says, I had no idea. My heart ain't just broke for me and Lisa and her kids. It's them too, meaning Bobby Joe's family. My family has suffered a tragedy, but I'm not the only family. This has to be as hard or harder on them than it is on me. I sure hope they get as much support from their church and community as I have, because we are all going to need it. That was a precious baby. I know. Who said that? Kevin. Kevin said that? Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's my heart. It's it's heartbreaking for him too because I mean he was super happy about the baby. He I mean he I mean he literally just said what that he, was a precious baby. What he thought was his baby the next day is not his baby actually and gets taken away. Yeah. Yeah. So going back she lisa sometimes had a hard stomach and it was distended sometimes when she faked her pregnancies so one of the reasons and now i'm going into a lot of different reasons why this could have happened why she could have done this and on all of this so one of the reasons was could be pseudosiasis I definitely had to look up how to pronounce that. Yeah. But this is a type of psychosis causing women to seek attention by faking a pregnancy. Basically, they could learn how to swallow air to bloat their stomach. But they can also experience lots of pregnancy symptoms. Yeah. During that's, psychosis. Yeah, that's, that's a legit thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can, um, symptoms like enlarged breasts, missed periods, morning sickness, and I mean, you name it. The list goes on. They could experience it. Yeah. So this, it could have been that, or she was in a dissociative episode where she genuinely believed she was pregnant and showed signs of it as well. Dr. Jack Gorman chief of psychiatry at the Mount Sinai Medical Center and professor of neuroscience at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. (laughs) He was quoted as saying, in these cases, a woman might have a delusion that that's my baby and that woman, she's stolen it. And if I don't rescue it, she's going to kill it. And the motivation is just so overwhelming that you just lose control, lose contact with the reality. And it's hard for people who've never had this experience to understand but the voices and hallucinations and demands become overwhelming. That really kind of opened my eyes a little bit because at first I'm like, this woman's a monster. Holy crap. But then there's a legitimate psychosis where they genuinely believe she has my baby that there in her stomach. That's my baby. She's going to kill it. I got to, I got to get it. Yeah. 
but she had a lot of preparation. She had too much. That's my other thing about this. So I'm going to, I'm going to continue. So when she was faking her 2002 pregnancy, (laughs) (laughs) I have to specify. So when she was faking that specific pregnancy, uh, she wouldn't allow Kevin to go with her to her quote unquote appointments. Her doctor testified that he treated her for ankle pain and a cold, not for prenatal care. So it was after that quote unquote due date. That was the one that she said she donated the fetus to science. Obviously that never happened. Yeah. Never happened. But her doctor's like, yeah, she hurt her ankle and she had a sneeze. (laughs) She wasn't pregnant. No, (laughs) she didn't even talk about a pregnancy. So um dr ramachandran ramic ramachandran i don't know it's it's a long one and it's hard to say but i tried sorry doctor so i'm very sorry because that was not i'm sure how you pronounce it but he so he testified for the defense so he said that lisa did suffer from severe pseudocyesis mm-hmm. and she was And she was in a dissociative state when she murdered Bobby Joe. According to him, her physical and sexual abuse as a child basically predisposed her to have pseudocyesis. All of the preparations that she went through and all of that was all part of the disorder. He said she was unable to appreciate the nature and the quality of her acts. On the opposite side, Dr. Dietz. I know that one. That's a short one. Dr. Dietz, he was the prosecutor's witness. He said she was not suffering from pseudocyesis at the time because she knew full well that she couldn't have kids anymore. So she didn't think she was pregnant. She knew she wasn't. Yeah. She didn't even go to doctor's appointments for pregnancy. She knew she wasn't pregnant. She was just trying to tell people and convince people that she was. So she literally lied about everything because she was a compulsive liar. Mm -hmm. So the day she supposedly had her baby, her first story to Kevin was, oh, yeah, I I went into labor while I was Christmas shopping. I had the baby at this medical center near us, and now I'm at the Long John Silvers. Well, then she told somebody else in the presence of Kevin that she had the baby at home. She actually said, I, she actually said that to one of the officers, I believe. And uh, she had the baby at home and, but they got it all cleaned up and she threw the pl- placenta and all the towels that were blood soaked into like a river or something like, yeah, what? something totally off the wall. She like, and she changed her story again until she finally actually confessed. So they also found insurance paperwork that she had filled out during her quote-unquote pregnancy so there was a section i guess in this insurance paperwork that you could either check if you were pregnant or i don't know list i think there was like a specific spot saying asking if you were pregnant yeah checked no so i mean she knew she wasn't pregnant yeah this was supposedly while she was supposed to be pregnant so um he also argued that she couldn't keep anything straight and that she kept changing where she gave birth ultimately 
she was found competent to stand trial because that was in question. She was found guilty and she was sentenced to death. So she exhausted all of her appeal attempts and they all said the exact same thing that they they all of her appeal attempts were completely denied and her death sentence remained and she was officially executed on january 13th of this year just a couple weeks ago not Mm -hmm. even a couple weeks ago yeah so um i actually read her most recent attempt at appeal and yeah at the very end judge was like nope denied all of this was done correctly you were fit to stand trial you are still sentenced to death. Yeah, because I saw, I, I read like her current, I guess, lawyer, if that's still what you can call the the lawyer is current. Yeah. But um, basically saying that, oh, this was a sick woman and mm-hmm. this didn't need to happen kind of thing. Now, was she... A sick woman? Yeah, she was. Yeah. I she went so. through literal hell growing up. Yeah. And even in at least one of her marriages, don't know about the marriage to Kevin, but at least one of her marriages wasn't great either. I mean, she was physically, sexually, and mentally abused by her stepfather, possibly her mother as well. Yeah. So, I mean, she didn't have a great childhood. Again, that was a breeding ground for a killer like basically. for for future violent behavior yeah yeah absolutely so and then she was essentially forced to have a um tubal tubal ligation is what it's called but i mean she was forced to get her tubes tied after her fourth child she clearly thought to keep a man i have to get pregnant again so she kept trying she had to have that man in her life because even when carl left her the first time they literally got married again the next year when carl left her again the next year she got into a relationship with kevin and married him a year later so she never really once she got with carl the first time she never went without a man essentially yeah so she really needed approval she needed she needed to keep her marriage and she did everything everything she could to try to do that yeah while all of that is all very true i have a really hard time with as much preparation that she went through to get bobby joe's baby this was not a spur of the moment thing this was planned she changed her due date (laughs) To December 16th when she made the plan to go to Bobby Joe. Yeah. Because, okay, what was, I don't think that she was in a dissociative episode where she thought, oh, that's my baby. I don't think that at all. Well, she tried to, she tried to take her brother's baby. (laughs) She didn't say, she didn't, she wasn't saying that's my baby. She just said, give me your baby. Yeah. I need to raise your baby. She went to her ex-husband to get money to buy a baby she's not saying i need to buy my baby she's saying i need to buy a baby i just want a baby i want a baby don't care what it is as long as this woman has a baby 
I'm going to go get it. Yeah. It's, I'm going to take that baby. I'm, I'm taking that baby. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know, like, I definitely don't want to get into a argument of the death penalty and like, whether you think it's right, whether you think it's wrong. I think it's a very, very gray area because I think some people should not continue to live in society. I think some people are way too dangerous for prison even. However, there are those instances of the people that were on death row for how many years that were actually innocent. Innocent, yeah. So it's very, well, that's, very gray area. That's that's what I'm saying. Like it's a very However, gray area. But honestly, this, this one in general, yeah. I I don't know. The the thing is, maybe she was sick. I don't think she might have ha- might have had that psychosis where it was like I I have to have a baby and I think that I'm pregnant but she knew she wasn't though that's what the other doctor was trying yeah. to say for the the one for the prosecution that's what he was trying yeah. to say he's like no she wasn't under the impression she was pregnant she knew she wasn't pregnant she was just trying to get everybody else to think she was pregnant because she wants that attention she wants that recognition she wants all the doting people like oh congratulations how is this blah 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 she she was very much uh, an attention seeker it seemed because she had such a shit awful childhood yeah that doesn't excuse what she did absolutely not that because i mean if you okay if you look at just the crime a woman killed another woman and cut out her baby that right there you'd be like yes fucking put her to death we don't care but then like the more you unfold the more confusing and Mm -hmm. back and forth you go which is why i I feel the death penalty is such a great area yeah but all in all i'm no matter how you view this case i'm not really going to shed any tears that she's gone I'm not either. I'm not. However, it, it's just she has such a tragic. And it, this is not is saying tragic. Bobby's Joe's story was not tragic because that was a fucking tragedy. Yeah. That girl's life was taken way like, too soon. She so never much, got to meet the baby she was so excited to have. Yes. Like so much potential there. Yeah. It's it's sad. Like, don't get me wrong. I feel for the child that Lisa was. I feel bad for the child that yeah. she used to be. I I feel terrible. And her upbringing was a nightmare. Nobody should have to go through that. However, there are people with similar upbringings who grow up to not be killers. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, however you look at it, it's like I said, I'm not going to shed any tears. Yeah. Well, Zeb, he named the baby Victoria Joe. Stop. That was the name that they had agreed on if it was a baby girl. So they lovingly called her Tori Joe. So Stop. Victoria, fittingly, means winner or conqueror. Stop it. <laughs> I know. I, I'm telling you, this book, it takes you on so many different 
roller coaster of emotions. I cried. I was pissed. I was disgusted. And then I cried again. more. <laughs> oh, mm. and I'm telling you, when I read that, I'm like, <gasps> she conquered. <laughs> but yeah, because um, what she's like 16, she's 16. 17. Yeah. She just turned 16 oh in December. Goodness. So um, <sighs> Zeb found homes for all the dogs except two Bobby Joe's favorites, Belle and Tipsy. No. Yep. My heart. I know. So the other thing is um, they got into circulation. They tried to get a law in motion that's called Tory Joe's loophole. And it talks about, <laughs> I know, no. talks, talks about um, basically C-section abductions. Yeah. And, and it's, it's wild that the term C-section abduction even exists. I know. I know. But I, I don't know if it was fully passed because they did. They mentioned this in the book. The book was actually written, I believe, before she was found guilty. Okay. I don't, I don't think. I think it was written and, and published in 2005, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so, cause when, when, when did her sentence go through? Do you know what year? I think it was two, it was, I think it was 2005 or early 2006. Okay. Cause I don't, I don't think it was, I mean, it wasn't a short amount of time after the murder, but right. Um, I don't think it took years to, to do it, to get her because I mean, they knew she did it. The fact was trying to figure out if she was mentally competent to handle her trial yeah and then all the witnesses all their you know um professional witnesses and stuff that they that they had so it was kind yeah. of a ordeal yeah so i it never actually said if in the book if tori's joe's loophole actually was got pushed through yeah and i couldn't find it in the amber alert site because i went straight to the source i went to the amber alert site and was like looking at the law looking at all of the things and i and i never actually saw anything saying that so i don't know because at the time the government was trying to figure out i don't know something else that was major that was happening around the time i don't know if they were trying to talk about border control or terrorist attacks obviously i mean 9-11 had just happened a few years prior yeah so i mean they were trying to uh, that was overshadowing at overshadowing Tori Joe's loophole and it kept getting kind of pushed to the side. Ugh, that's so never. I know. Be pushed I know. To the side. I know. But <laughs> I didn't realize this, but abduction by C-section is a lot more common than you think because first of all, there's a term for it. Yeah. Second of all, there was a study showing that from 1982 to the year 2000. There were 199 cases of abduction by C-section. In the United States? In the United States. That's just the States. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And she, she listed at least six, seven cases mm-hmm. of this instance. And they are all, first of all, I want to say they're all awful, but it is fascinating of what happened with some of these cases. I even wrote one of them down 
because I want to do that one in the future because yeah. the woman that this happened to her, her story was a complete tragedy as well. Wow. So, but, and there also, uh, she also covers another case in there from Skidmore, Missouri, because she's like, the media's was like, Hmm, how have we learned? How have we heard of Skidmore before? Because there was another famous case from that town about a man in the seventies, which I also want to cover. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We got to <laughs> so cover that. That case was crazy. Cause I even got, I just got a little taste of it in the book and I am ready to cover that case too. So oh, yeah, not yet, but I will. <laughs> and we're not going to divulge any more information because nope. it's crazy. I mean, definitely read this book. Baby Be Mine, the shocking true story of a woman who murdered a pregnant mother to steal her child by Diane Fanning. Oh, Literally just, title. it is. I mean, it's it's just on the cover. It's just Baby Be Mine. And then the rest of it is like in little letters underneath of it. That's not but the same Di- Diane from North Carolina, is it? No, uh-uh, no. Okay. No, this is Diane Fanning. That, well, that was Diane's. I couldn't really pronounce Oh, that's them. right. Thank oh. you to both Dianes. No kidding. Diane so, is, is the name of the day. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. But also in the book, there's another thing. They, in the middle of the book, there's some pictures of Bobby Joe. Stop. The first picture that they showed was her and one of her rat terrier puppies asleep on her lap. Oh, it was heart wrenching. Oh, yeah. And they showed her like when she was little at Christmas and yeah. Well, I hope that Tori Joe is doing amazing. And that so is Zed. Zeb? Yeah. Correct? Zeb. Zeb. Because yeah, it was Zebediah. Zebediah. It's a mouthful, Zeb. but that's okay. Yeah. I hope they are doing amazing and doing wonderful yep. things. Yep. Are they, are they still in Missouri? Do you know? Uh, from, from what I understand, they are. And they have... That that baby had an outpouring of support, support and yeah. help, and people were just dying to help in any way that they can. From of the course, so, yeah, yep, that's awesome. Yeah, well, now people leave them alone. No kidding. Yeah, that's the <laughs> other big thing. Yeah, <laughs> yep. All righty. Well, that is this week's episode of Two K Away. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank uh, you for joining us on this very wild and emotional ride. I'm gonna go. I said pregnant oh. and baby so many times. <laughs> I don't even like either of those things. <laughs> right. <laughs> Made me nauseous. I know. Goodness. Alrighty. For multiple reasons. Right. So you can follow yeah. us on Facebook at Two <laughs> K Away. And you can follow us on Instagram at 2K Away Podcast. And we do have a YouTube channel. It is 2K Away Podcast. And every time you type in 2K, it is with a with the number two. Number two. And we also do have a Gmail if you'd like to uh, contact us to suggest something or anything of that nature. It is 2K Away Podcast at gmail.com. And if you would like to support us, because again, just still waiting on that Patreon whenever I can get to it. <laughs> you know someday um, yes if you'd like to support us leave us a review on apple Podcasts. if you if you listen to us on apple Podcasts, uh give us some stars and leave us a review that helps people to find us and it helps 
you know, people to find us. <laughs> you know, help them find us, and but also find us. Yes, <laughs> and a little the page for her first introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Yes. Well, we'll be here next week. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all righty. So, thank you very much. We hope to see you in the next one. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye.